Hey everybody, welcome to Scale Up with Nick Bradley. Here we are another Monday and me again, another episode. This week I want to talk about advisory boards and I suppose to some extent governance that you may need as you scale your business. I've talked a lot about getting yourself into different rooms, having coaches, having mentors. Those things are important, particularly if you're trying to scale you up, right? So as I say, you can only scale a business to the level of your identity and your identity has to shift. It has to evolve. It has to change as your business grows. And one of the things I think that people forget though sometimes is that's great as you grow, but what about the business itself, the leadership team, the employees that have been with you on this amazing ride from startup to scale up? You've got to be able to have a level of professionalism, a level of structure, and to some extent, some some discipline around the business as it grows. It does a couple of things. Firstly, it's going to make the business more valuable. So businesses that have some level of governance, some level of advisory, some level of external support and challenge tend to be more valuable, certainly from my experience in private equity when I was doing those acquisitions and exits that I talk about all the time. The other thing that I think is important is that if you have that external perspective, it can massively shift and help with strategy, with execution, with the stuff that sits within the business that then evolves as you grow. So what I want to get into today is what exactly is an advisory board when do you know that you need it, if you need it at all? You know, at what stage should we be thinking about it? Uh, I want to talk about the ec- economics. How do you bring someone in to sit on the board? How do you invite them? What do you pay them? How do you how do you give them value? What's that exchange look like? And then I want to talk about how you actually build one, just in case you're at that stage. Now, just to be clear, I'm not saying on this podcast today that every single business needs an advisory board right now. Okay, so this is one of those ones that depending on the stage you're at, maybe you want to kind of just, you know, bookmark this episode, come back to it as you grow. But my advice is that as you get into seven figures, right, sort of, you know, certainly the high six, early sevens, definitely into seven figures. And without a doubt, when you're at eight figures, you absolutely need to have an advisory board in place or at the very least some non-exec directors who are advising you and helping you supporting you so that you can continue the journey that you're on. Okay, let's get into it. So what is an advisory board? Well, at its simplest, it's a group of, let's call it subject matter experts that provide a company's leadership team, so the founder and the leadership team, with guidance on company vision, innovation, risk management, growth, profitability. Okay, so the key thing there is, subject matter experts, right? We'll get into this when we talk about how you choose should be sitting around that board for you. But you want people who have been there and done it, have got the t-shirt, so to speak, because they're the ones that are going to have the most experience and certainty in terms of helping you, okay? So this is this is where there's a bit of a difference between an advisory board and a board of directors that might be working in the business. They should provide management with advice, obviously, and they do not possess the authority to vote on on sort of corporate matters. So you might give equity to someone who sits on the advisory board, like a chair or something like that, but they're not always the ones that can vote, okay? It depends on the role and it depends on the situation, the size of business, those sort of things, okay? Now, just some context. 
There was a study done back in around 2015 by the Business Development Bank of the US where there were a thousand small and medium-sized enterprises surveyed. Now, just to define that, um, anything under 50 million in turnover is defined as an SME. Okay, I think a small business is under 10 million and then it goes up to 50 million for the medium size. But generally speaking, an SME is anything that's doing under $50 million in revenue. Now, from that study, it was found that only 6% of SMEs have access or have set up an advisory board. Yet those that have it have said something like 80% of those that have one have indicated that they would absolutely set up an advisory board again. And it was crucial in the growth stage of the business all the way through to an exit, okay? And I talk a lot about the exit. You can see why this stuff is super important, okay? It can absolutely add value to your business. Now, over a 10-year study, annual sales of businesses with advisory boards were 24% higher than those without, and productivity in those businesses was also 18% higher. So for those of you who are thinking, well, what's the point of having this sort of thing. Well, absolutely, absolutely. You need to think about kind of what it's going to do to the business. A final final bit of research I did on this preparing for the, in, for the um, episode, according to the Wall Street Journal, an article that was written a couple of years back, 50 of the Fortune 500, including companies like General Electric, American Express, Target, have set up digital advisory boards, typically comprised of experts under the age of 50. Now, that doesn't sound overly remarkable when you think about the way the world's changing and the fact that digital is starting to take a massive foothold on everything that we see, know, feel about business. But you know, even the fact that some of the bigger companies out there have multiple advisory boards with specific levels of expertise and specialization shows that there is value across the whole chain. Now, I want to focus on the SMEs because a lot of my my listeners, if you like, have got businesses that are a bit smaller. There are a few big ones out there, but they're usually in that sort of eight, seven to eight figure range. So I want to address it in that respect. Now, with an advisory board, how do you how do you build one? You know, what are the sort of things that you need to think about? Well, firstly, let's talk about the economics. So compensation, when you bring someone in to sit on the board, it can be very, very broad, okay? But you always need to provide something. So it could be paying for meals, it could be travel expenses. Um Sometimes if someone is with you for a period of time, you can offer equity, okay? So startups should pay something even if they can't afford it or they should trade time for equity. That's called consulting for equity. But as you start to move up to sort of larger businesses, annual compensation paid to advisory board members is normally between a third to a half of what the regular senior leaders are paid, okay? So let me just clarify that. If someone's on, let's say $100,000 per year, a board advisory board member would be on something like you know fifty thousand per year. That's quite common. I've been paid that sitting on boards previously, and it's expected the bigger the business, the the higher the level of expertise, the higher the value that can be brought into that business from that expertise, and so therefore you know the remuneration is set accordingly. So another survey that I looked into, which is by the Advisory Board Architects, which is um, a company over in the U.S., found that. of private company boards paid no compensation, 25% paid only cash, and 43% paid only equity, and 17% paid cash and equity. So like all things, if you're going to pay for expertise and expect a result, when you set up an advisory board, it is an investment. And I want to underline the word investment 
because it's the ROI that you're looking for from setting these things up. Okay, so there's anecdotal evidence of this return on investment for advisory boards. Returns of over 100 million for large companies can be seen. There is evidence of that. There can be high value, higher valuations for startups, but it is hard to put a picture on it. I think for me, it's really about just understanding the value of having that that support network around you, as I mentioned previously, to both challenge and drive what you're trying to achieve. So let's get into the signs that you may need an advisory board, okay? So firstly, there could be a specific objective or goal and the internal resources that you have are not equipped to execute against that goal, okay? So let's say a company with a specific need, such as making an acquisition, like the stuff I get involved in, uh, selling a company, entering a new market, or raising capital, they may benefit from bringing on an advisory board member for a period of time while that goal needs to be achieved, okay? Second sign, your company would benefit from the positive association with an individual. So advisors typically have impressive track records that companies want to affiliate with, okay? So when a company showcases it as advisors, it can sometimes sit in a pitch deck or an information memorandum. It demonstrates that it's surrounding itself with key thought leaders, key experts, and these leaders are invested in their success in the business's success. Okay, so it's quite common. I see this all the time when people are, are pitching for money. They come along and they put these impressive names in the pitch deck, and, and it does work, right? It does work because you think, well, if that person has said, yeah, I want to be involved in this, then you know, just because their track record is so good, it increases the certainty that this idea, this business is going to go somewhere. The third thing to, to ask yourself um, as to whether you need an advisory board or an advisory board member is does the team around you, the leadership team, the management team have skill gaps? So if you can't justify right now hiring full-time employees, you might think of hiring an advisory board or advisory board member to provide a perspective that you're not getting because you can't bring in these other people, okay? So this could be accounting, finance, marketing, sales, you know, partnerships, business development, acquisitions we mentioned beforehand. You don't have to employ someone all the time, particularly if the business is not at a stage to do that. But having someone come in a day a month, a couple of days a month, that sort of thing can make a massive difference to the business, okay? A huge business, a huge um, difference simply because it'll challenge and change your perspective of what you're doing. And the last one, which I think is the most common, is when your organization has plateaued, or it's in a rut and doesn't know what it needs to do next. Okay, so if your business feels too entrenched, let's say in a certain direction, a given set of processes, maybe it's failing to innovate, it can benefit from having fresh insights, fresh perspectives from someone coming in who has been there and done that. Okay, so this is one of those ones that is is massive for me because lots of people when they get to that sort of seven figure range and they hit the plateau, it happens a lot, they want to go to eight figures. They don't know how to do it. Quite often, they just need that injection of fresh thinking and maybe someone to push them <laughs> a little bit. And that creates momentum and that creates getting through that plateau to, to more success in the future. Okay, so there are four reasons why you may consider needing an advisory board or certainly bringing someone in who has the expertise to help you get to where you want to get to. So what I want to cover now, the final part is how do you actually build an advisory board? So we've covered what you'd pay someone, 
Uh, you've covered, we've covered kind of why you would need one. We've defined what these things actually are. We've also said that you don't always need them, right? You certainly don't need to put a lot of investment into them depending on the stage you're at. But my advice is certainly as you get into the high six, sort of seven figure mark, certainly eight, you should be having something in place. Let's get into finally, how do you build it? Well, the first thing is you've got to go back over everything I've just talked about and you've got to identify your needs. Identify what your business needs to achieve by having these 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 high level experts around. The more specific, the better. A measurable strategic outcome is ideal in this case. Okay, so figure out how these goals are tied to the mission, the vision, the strategy, the culture, the milestones of your business. Okay, what you're trying to achieve next to take that next step in growth and scale. Once you've done that, you need to draft job descriptions. Nothing too crazy, but you need to draft written profiles of the ideal candidates, the type of expertise that you need. Once these profiles are written, then um, you can have a job description, can be drafted for recruiting purposes, and you can go out there and, and, and start to look around the place. Okay, so to be really clear on this, prospective board members should not have a pre-existing relationship with the company or its management team, in my opinion. There needs to be a level of objectivity. It doesn't mean that someone couldn't have been a consultant in the past, but you don't want to bring Dave's brother in or, you know, Joan's um, auntie, you know, even if they have got a great deal of experience because you want the the setup to be one of objectivity and challenge as much as support and sometimes having, you know, stronger relationships can wreck that. Now, I've seen situations where that's not always the case, but trust me, from doing this for years, it's absolutely something that over the long term is more sustainable. So once you've got the job description, the role profile in place, you want to source and recruit. Do not hesitate to do cold outreach with candidates unfamiliar with the organization with you. So like if you think someone out there, they might have a high profile and you want to kind of bring them in, just reach them. Okay, nothing wrong with doing that. I also like to ask people that I trust, you know, is there anyone that you think would be right considering this is what I want to achieve? So again, in my lane acquisitions, I want to buy businesses. I want to scale via acquisitions. Who would you recommend? And I get referred all the time to people who have that specific goal because I know that I can come and help them with that. And then once they've got that up and up and running, you know, I might even help them build the internal team. Then, you know, I might still stick around and 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 be more strategic as an advisor or I might leave because actually what they needed me for, that job is done, okay? But you need to engage with multiple candidate, candidates before you make a decision. You've got to make sure that you've not just done the referral or the person that looks great on paper. You've got to run the process properly, you know, and I often like to make sure that, you know, you're going to get on with that person individually. There's a values alignment as much as there is a strategic intent for what you're trying to, to do. Finally, you've got to set up two things. You've got to get the contract in place. So when someone joins as an advisor, it's important to have them sign both the job description and what I call a memorandum of understanding. Okay, so while advisory boards can be fairly informal, you want to utilize formal documents to set the tone and demonstrate the seriousness of setting up this board. Now, that doesn't mean an overly huge amount of governance, but it does mean having proper minutes in place, actions in place. If you bring the right advisor in, they will insist on this anyway, even though sometimes the conversations will be more informal, okay? It just makes the process better. And you know, I know a lot of you want to sell your business one day. <laughs> Let me give you this little tip. When someone like me would go into a data room and I'm evaluating your business for acquisition, I'll be looking at these types of things to see they're in place. So if there is an advisory board, 
there's actions, there's minutes, all these sort of things. It shows me that this is a well-run machine, okay? That's going to increase the value. The last piece is you need to have really clear key performance indicators in place, okay? So I mentioned before, it's important to work towards milestones. It's important to measure outcomes against these KPIs. And you've got to be really, really comfortable with swapping out members when they are no longer a fit. Okay, so if you need to, you know, evaluate performance, you know, if you want, you know, to make sure that you've got the right people, good advisors will want goals in place and they will want to be held accountable. Remember, these are not people who who are kind of just jumping off the bus for their first, <laughs> jumping on the horse for their first radio, so to speak. These are people who have got proven records of doing stuff. And if you want to get that expertise close to you, then, you know, these are all the kind of things that you need to test and trial out to make sure that you're getting the right person. Okay, so we've covered quite a lot there, all right? Sometimes advisory boards are controversial and some people say, oh, you know, I don't need them, I don't need them. As I said from the outset, that is true to a point, but the, I can tell you this, there is a place in, there's a point in your business where you're going to get to where you'll need this, okay? So best to start to think about it now. And the starting point might be just bringing one person in, but over time you want to build that out. And then you'll have literally a sounding board of people around you that can help you drive the business. One of the things I've learned from my years of being a CEO is that it can be lonely at the top. You can feel that you're the only person there at times. Surrounding yourself with a trusted set of advisors can absolutely make the difference between getting you to your ultimate outcome or failing and giving up in the process. So there we go. Hope that's useful. As I said, not for everyone today, but you know, bookmark the episode, come back to it. And I'm sure that at some point in your journey, this will become very, very useful. As I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you've enjoyed the show just as much as I've enjoyed creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me, it helps the show, plus it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything that you heard in today's show, to find out how you can join our community on Facebook, or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now.